All right, welcome back to our Wednesday night study. Uh, we just had our prayer time, so our, our Bible study is a little shorter on Wednesday night. But uh, tonight we're going to be back in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Last week uh, we took a look at some of the reason uh, that Solomon is uh, depressed and is saying that all of the world is vanity. And uh, today we're going to go back and take a look at a few more uh, ideas and, and thoughts from his own mind. Uh, and take a look at them from a biblical perspective, but also from his perspective, and see what is what is causing his issues. So, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter two, uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, I believe. Okay. Ecclesiastes chapter two and verse number twelve. The Bible says, And I turn myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do that cometh after the king, even that which hath been already done? Then I saw that wisdom excelleth folly, as far as light excelleth darkness. The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness. And I myself perceived also that one event happeneth to them all. Then said I in my heart, As it happeneth to the fool, so it happeneth even to me. And why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart that this also is vanity. For there is no remembrance of the wise more than of the fool forever. Seeing that which now is and in the days to come shall all be forgotten. And how dieth the wise man as the fool? Therefore I hated life because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me. For all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. And who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? Yet shall he have rule over all my labor, wherein I have labored, and wherein I have showed my, myself wise under the sun. This also is vanity. Therefore I went about to, to cause my heart to despair of all the labor which I took under the sun. For there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity, Yet to a man that hath not labored therein shall he leave it for his portion. This also is vanity and a great evil. For what hath man of all his labor, and of the vexation of his heart, wherein he hath labored under the sun? For all this sorry, for all his days are sorrows and his travail grief, yea his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is also vanity. Solomon still is, I mean, throughout the whole book of Ecclesiastes, he's very depressed, but he's also still very focused on himself. Um, he talks about how wise he is, and, and uh, I've always found it interesting. Um, my dad would tell me that a man doesn't need to tell people he's a man. Uh, a wise person doesn't need to tell people that they're wise. Uh, people can see that. They know and understand that. Uh, but Solomon in verse number 12, or sorry, verse number 13, he says, Wisdom excelleth folly as far as light excelleth darkness. So what is wisdom? When we look up wisdom in the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, and as we read about wisdom throughout the Bible, we understand that wisdom is knowledge that is exercised. Or as uh, Noah Webster put it, wisdom is the right use or exercise of knowledge. So wisdom is knowledge with action. 
Solomon had great knowledge. In 2 Chronicles 9, 1-7, uh, we see that Solomon is extremely wise, extremely knowledgeable. He is uh, one of, when he prayed to God, God gave him wisdom. Uh, God gave him knowledge to rule God's people. But in 2 Chronicles chapter 9, uh, we have a visit from the Queen of Sheba. 2 Chronicles chapter 9 and verse number 1 says, And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem. With a very great company and camels that bear spices and gold in abundance and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions, and there was nothing hid from Solomon which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built, and the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, his cupbearers also, and their apparel, and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in mine own land of thine acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not their words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told me, for thou exceedest the fame that I heard. Happy are thy men, and happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee, and hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighteth in thee, to set thee on his throne, to be king for, for the Lord thy God, because thy God loved Israel, to establish them forever. Therefore made he thee king over them, and to do judgment and justice." And she gave the king an hundred and twenty talents of gold, and of spices great abundance, and precious stone. Neither was there any such spice as the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. The queen of Sheba uh, says that the half has not been told. Uh, I had heard of your fame, and I didn't believe it until I came, but uh, now it is so much greater than I could ever, ever imagined. The Bible tells us that every question that she asked, Solomon answered, and answered correctly. Uh, I was listening to, uh, I don't remember if it was Warren Wearsby or it was, it was a preacher on the radio uh, out of the church in Fargo. Uh, the radio station is out of the church in Fargo. Uh, anyway, uh, and he was talking about this interaction with Solomon and the Queen of Sheba. And he, he was commenting on how you know Solomon knew biology. Solomon knew uh, the animal kingdom. He knew all these things. And he was able to answer all these questions. He had great knowledge, but did he have the action that came with it? You see, wisdom has two parts. One part came from God, the knowledge. The other part had to come from Solomon, which is the action. And everything that we do for God and everything that God commands us to do, uh, there is always a part for God and a part for us. Uh, we looked a couple of weeks ago at Psalm 23, uh, just briefly, and we looked at David, speaking of Psalm 23 and speaking of the Lord as his shepherd and, and how he leads him and how he directs him and how he protects him and how he provides for him. But we also looked at David's responsibility, responsibility in all those situations. Uh, David could only be led by the Lord if David was willing to follow the Lord. David could only be protected by the Lord if David was willing to be there and allow the Lord to protect him. Solomon can only be a truly wise king if he is able to give action to the knowledge that God gives him and to use that knowledge for God. 
As a young man, Solomon's actions were righteous and in service to God. I mean, Solomon is the one that built the temple. Uh, David, the king of Israel, Solomon's father, gathered all of the materials, but Solomon got together the workmen and the wise men and built the temple. It is interesting to me when you look at that story, though, that it took them seven and a half years to build the temple, and it took the same men 13 years to build Solomon's house. I think there was a little bit of a lopsided focus there, but that's just me. As an old man, Solomon's actions began to be unrighteous and go against God. This is the line where wisdom becomes folly, where wise men become fools. Failing to act according to your knowledge is folly and foolishness. Folly, Webster designs, is weakness of intellect, imbecility of mind, and want of understanding. Not understanding, not knowing the situation that you're in. Solomon, in his, in his search for worldly things, began to lose his understanding of God and what God expected from him. We see this in 1 Kings 11, uh, verses 1 through 3. I think we've, we've looked at this before, but it bears repeating. Remember, this is Solomon, the wisest man that's ever been. The son of David, David was a man after God's own heart. Solomon was given peace. And now in 1 Kings chapter 11 and verse number 1, uh, we're going to see a very different side of Solomon. It says, But King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, the Zidonians, and the Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. Verse number 9, And the Lord was angry with Solomon, because his heart was turned away from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. And he had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods. But he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Therefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from me, and will give it to thy servant. Notwithstanding in thy days, I will not do it for David, thy father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of thy son. Howbeit, I will not rend away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to thy son for David, my servant's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. Solomon was allowed to make his own decisions. He was given wisdom as a young man on what God wanted, how God wanted him to to live, how God wanted him to rule. And in his own decision, in his own mind, he changed that 
action. And it became folly. This is actually very similar to Peter's lack of faith while walking on the water. In Matthew 14, 28, uh, we see Peter. The disciples have been told to go across the Sea of Galilee. Jesus has stayed behind uh, to pray. And the disciples, while, they're, while they are directly in the middle of God's will, exactly where God wants them to be on the boat in the middle of the sea, a storm arises and they begin to be afraid. Matthew 14 uh, and verse number 28 says, And Peter, now Jesus has come to them walking on the water and they see him and they're, they're again afraid because they, see, they think he's a spirit. And they've called out and, Peter, and Jesus, in verse number 27, But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Verse number 28, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and began to sink. beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Peter started out with, a, with great faith. He stepped out of the boat uh, and began to walk on the water. Solomon started out with great faith. He, he spoke to the Lord and asked for wisdom, and God granted him wisdom. But then Peter began to look around, and he took his eyes off Christ, and he saw the wind, and he saw the waves, and he saw, saw the storm, and his faith began to fail him. Peter had knowledge of who Christ was, and at the beginning began to act upon that knowledge, which is great wisdom. But something made him stop acting on the knowledge and lose faith, which is the folly. Solomon was no different. The word excel or excelleth means to go beyond, to exceed, to surpass in good or bad. A wise man who continues to be wise will indeed pass, surpass the foolish man who refuses to act. However, if the wise man stops acting on his knowledge, he will end up far worse than the fool. And we see this in Solomon. Solomon had all the answers, but he neglected to act upon those answers. But Solomon brings up another point uh, in all of this. He says, What happeneth to the fool... Or, sorry... Verse number number 14. The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness. And I myself perceived also that one event happeneth to them all. What happens to the fool happens to the wise. The same event happens to both people. Have you guys ever noticed that when it rains in an area, everything in the, that area gets wet? It's not like the cartoons where a single storm cloud follows a person around, only raining on them, only striking them with lightning, only, uh, only hurting them. Take a look at, with me at Job. Job chapter 1. Right before... Psalms, Job chapter 1, 
In verse number one, it says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven hundred seven thousand sheep and three thousand camels and five hundred yoke of oxen and five hundred she-asses and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east and his sons went and feasted in their house in their houses every one on his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them and it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all for Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Job would be considered a wise man. He had knowledge of God and who God was, and he acted on that knowledge continually. Uh, even when he didn't know if his children sinned, he sacrificed for them in case they had. He, he was so wise and acted so well that God calls him perfect. And points him out to Satan when he comes to present himself to God. Notice that Satan obeys God better than most Christians. Satan had an appointed time where he had to come and present himself to God and he showed up. Satan uh, only did what God allowed him to do. We know the story. Uh, Job's wealth and his health are taken as, as uh, God points Job out to Satan. Satan says that He's only serving you because you protect him. He's only serving you because uh, you give him health. And so God allows Satan to take Job's wealth and it allows him to take Job's health. But something we don't talk about is the fact that it didn't just happen to Job. His wife was there. Some of his servants survived. His friends arrived and after and were affected by all of this. The things that happen in our lives don't just happen or don't just affect us. They happen to everyone around us. But Job and Solomon have different perspectives on what's going on. When it comes to the things that happened in their lives, Job and Solomon uh, viewed them differently. Job arguably had a much harder life. Like Solomon, he was healthy, wealthy, and wise. But unlike Solomon, God allowed Satan to take Job's health and his wealth. But Job didn't give up his wisdom. Job continued to act on what he knew about God. In contrast, Solomon remained healthy and wealthy, but allowed himself to stop living for God and start living for himself. In the end, Job was restored double, and Solomon's kingdom was split in two. Solomon goes on uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Verse number 17, it says, Therefore I hated life, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Solomon is saying he labored hard. And verse number 18, Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun, because I should have it, uh, I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. I don't really see where Solomon did hard labor. I'm sure that it is very hard work running a country, making it decisions that affect everyone in your realm. However, this is not the kind of labor that Solomon is referring to. 
He is referring to physical labor. But Solomon hired men to do all of this kind of labor. He, he hired men to come and build the temple. He didn't do all those things himself. His father David put in the labor to gather all the materials for the temple and put in all the labor to defeat the Philistines so that Israel could claim their land and Solomon wouldn't have to fight during his time. The reason that all Solomon's labor was in vain is because it was not done for the Lord. Sure, he had men build the temple. Again, this took seven and a half years. Solomon's house took those same men 13 years, almost twice as long and almost twice the work. Not long after Solomon built the temple, he married the daughter of Pharaoh. It's interesting that the wisest man who has ever lived chose to disobey God in this way. It's all downhill from here. All of his toil and labor from here on out is in pursuit of worldly things. Matthew 6. Matthew 6 and verse number 19. says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The same can be said for your labor. It's not just your treasures, but your labor. Labor not for worldly things, because your heart will follow after worldly things. Labor after the things of God, and your heart will follow after godly things. Luke 12 Luke 12 and verse number 16. This is Christ here. It says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Sounds a lot like Solomon. Solomon was given so much. Not only did God give Solomon wisdom, uh, but because Solomon selflessly asked for wisdom instead of asking for uh, riches and honor and glory and the, the blood of his enemies. Uh, God granted him that and then granted him the riches and the honor. If we would have continued uh, in First Kings, we would have seen all of the stuff that Solomon would take in in a day or in a, in a time frame. And it's astounding. In 1 Corinthians 3, First Corinthians, Romans, too many, book, too many bookmarks, 1 Corinthians 3, and verse number 12. It says, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, 
and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built there, thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Again, when we labor after godly things, our heart will follow after God and we'll lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven that are gold and silver and precious stone. Most of what Solomon built on his foundation was wood, hay, and stubble. It was burned up in the judgment. Most of what Job built on his was gold and silver and precious stones. These things are only purified more by fire. It doesn't matter how hard we work here in Maxwell to start this church. If we're not doing it all for God, it will be in vain and we will be like Solomon. Go with me real quick back to 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 11. Um, I'm sorry, not 1 Kings chapter 11. Uh, 2 Chronicles 9. I'm sorry. 2 Chronicles... Nine. Verse number 13. Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was six hundred threescore and six talents of gold, beside that which chapmen and merchants bought or brought. And all the kings of Arabia and governors of the country brought gold and silver to Solomon. That number, 603 score and 6. The only other place that that number is used is in the book of Revelation, uh, which is in making it the number of the beast. It's interesting that Solomon, the wisest king in the world, or the wisest king that's ever been, uh, would be associated with that number. That's not by mistake. Uh, Solomon failed. At this point, uh, he had gone off the rails and was not serving God. And this is why uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, even though it is full of wisdom and, and things for us to learn from, it is full of Solomon's despair and desperation because he was not serving God. He was serving himself. Let's not be like Solomon. Let's spend our time here serving God and serving those in this community for God. It's the only way that we're going to build on a solid foundation, and we're going to build something worth having in heaven.